The following is an excerpt from W.W. Jacobs' The Three Sisters. Eunice, the youngest, finds her own home turned against her. It was the last night in the old house, and all the wild spirits of the marshes, the wind and the sea, seemed to have joined forces for one supreme effort. When the wind dropped, the sea was heard moaning on the distant beach. Then the wind rose again, and the noise of the sea was lost in the fierce gusts. The strange voices of the air shrieked in its chimneys, windows rattled, doors slammed, and even the very curtains seemed to live and move. Eunice was in bed, awake. A small nightlight in a saucer of oil shed a sickly glare upon the worm-eaten old furniture, distorting the most innocent articles into ghostly shapes. A wild gust of wind shook the windows and nearly extinguished the light, and when its flame had regained its accustomed steadiness, she saw that the door was slowly opening, while the huge shadow of a hand blotted the papered wall. Hi everyone, I'm Alastair Murden, and this is Haunted Places Ghost Stories, a Spotify original from Parcast. Ghost stories have arisen from every century and every corner of the world, from the streets of Victorian Whitechapel to the temples of Japan. Whether seated around the campfire or curled up with a pair of headphones, we return to them time and again to feel our skin crawl and our hearts race. Episodes of Ghost Stories are inspired by classic short stories from some of history's greatest authors. The following version is our own unique take. It may feel familiar in some ways and different in others. We hope you enjoy it. You can find episodes of Ghost Stories and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Today's story, The Three Sisters, is set in the mid-1880s but it was first published in 1914 by English horror and comedy writer William Wymark, or W.W. W. Jacobs. Jacobs is best known for his chilling tale, The Monkey's Paw, but the circumstances in The Three Sisters are far more domestic. All families fight, but when money and the supernatural are involved, things can turn deadly. Coming up, a dying woman's last request. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Moneymaker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than 88 million in prizes, ranging from 50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. 
as she was leaving this world, Ursula Mallow tried to comfort her sisters. Despite the pain in her gut, the shortness of her breath, and the way her lungs seemed filled with wet gauze, she held her youngest sister's hand, willing Eunice to smile. It's not fair, Eunice insisted. You aren't so old. None of us are. And it was true. Ursula was only 45, their middle sister Tabitha 40, and Eunice just 30 years old. Ursula gave Eunice's hand a gentle squeeze. Eunice was the baby of the family through and through, a gentle soul who disliked any unpleasantness. But she was especially sensitive when it came to sickness and death. Ursula wished she could have spared her this horrible sight. But alas, there she was dying, with no one beside her but her sisters. You are right. We are not so old. But our time does come, Ursula said gently. Eunice's lip trembled as she continued to fight back tears, while Tabitha stood watching from the far corner of the room, her arms crossed against her chest. Ursula's vision dimmed. She took a look at her middle sister, maybe one of her last. Tabitha held a striking resemblance to Ursula, but it was those similarities that made their differences all the more stark. Tabitha was... difficult. She didn't throw tantrums so much as stew. She'd always been upset that Ursula was born first while she was relegated to the role of middle child. Ursula considered telling her that nature had finally righted that wrong. Tabitha would soon be the oldest sister, but she didn't want to model any pettiness for Eunice. Instead, she made a request, her only dying wish. You must keep my room undisturbed, Tabitha, locked and unchanged. Tabitha's arms stayed crossed. She rolled her eyes. I shall keep your room locked and unchanged. Though I don't see how it can matter to you then, you'll be dead. Ursula was coughing heavily, but fought through it to speak. Her voice was stronger than expected. It does matter, Tabitha. How do you know that I may not return to visit it? I am certain I shall. In fact, I will come back to watch over you both and see that no harm befalls you until your time comes. But my spectral form needs to be familiar with the environment. Tabitha scoffed. Spectral form? Come now, Ursula. You'll aggravate Eunice's heart condition with this ghost nonsense. It's utterly ridiculous. Eunice burst into sobs. Ursula squeezed her hand again. There is no need to weep, my dear. You will never be alone. Ursula then turned from her and stared into the distance. Keep my room locked tight. And when your own time comes, I will lead you to where I now go. As her words left her lips, the flame in the lamp was suddenly swallowed by a gust of wind, and the room was plunged into darkness. Eunice searched vainly for the matches, whimpering Ursula's name, but Tabitha found them first. She let out an irritated sigh, then struck up a flame. The two sisters were greeted by a dreadful sight. Ursula lay still in her bed, 
her eyes open and glazed over. Their eldest sister was no more. The funeral was a small and quiet affair, befitting three old maids who lived alone in an even lonelier village. Eunice studied the details of her sister's fresh grave, her heart pounding. Her heart condition had only grown worse since Ursula's passing. She could barely get through the day now without a rushing sensation in her chest. Do you think she is watching us, Tabitha? Eunice asked softly. Tabitha let out a small snort. I should hope not. She'd be distressed at the poor turnout. Now, let's see what she's left. Eunice had not wanted to leave the funeral so soon, but Tabitha had made it very clear that the will needed to be handled immediately, if not sooner. Eunice didn't see the rush. Ursula had just passed after all, but Tabitha insisted and called the family attorney to their home. But Tabitha's urgency only left her disappointed sooner. They discovered, with no surprise, that Ursula had had quite a large sum. The inheritance, much to Tabitha's frustration, was to be controlled by Eunice alone, along with the only key to Ursula's now locked room. The truth was, the Mallow sisters had never agreed on affairs of money, which was why Ursula had previously made all rulings and left it at that. But her absence threw the difference in Eunice and Tabitha's styles into sharp relief. Eunice was happy to share her wealth with whoever needed it, while Tabitha argued that very few people actually needed anything. Ursula said she would take care of us, Eunice, not them. If she could see the way you give a penny to every beggar in the street, she'd be very displeased. Eunice felt a slight flutter in her chest as she thought of Ursula's last words. Her promise to come to them when their time on earth was up was meant to be a comfort, but the idea terrified Eunice. She looked around the living room, her eyes wide with fear. You don't think she can see us, can she? Tabitha remained impassive. I don't know, Eunice. I just don't know. Perhaps. Your heart was never strong enough to stomach the world. People, even the needy, take advantage of you. You're lucky to have me. Eunice gave her sister's hand a little squeeze, just as Ursula had done for her. I agree, but you could stand to trust people more. Tabitha stood. She walked towards the stairs as she spoke. And you could stand to trust them less. People disappoint, Eunice. And them letting you down leads to more stress, which leads to... Well, you know, don't you? She paused in the middle of the steps and finished. Don't think about it, dear. It's not worth straining your poor nerves. In the weeks after Ursula's burial... Tabitha passed the days alone in her room, sometimes only emerging for meals, and sometimes not at all. Eunice tried to remember that Tabitha was mourning too, but soon she began to worry about her elder sister. She often stopped their housekeeper, Martha, to ask if she'd seen Tabitha that day, and often the answer was no. Yet one evening, Martha had seen her. I think she's in the dining room, ma'am, going through the linens. 
Eunice thanked Martha and sent her back to her duties. She headed downstairs, certain this was an opportunity to bond with her sister again, but was stopped by a strange feeling she had outside Ursula's room. Eunice placed her hand on the door. It pulsed like a heartbeat. Something was moving inside the room. She shivered. Was it Ursula? Had she returned to her room just like she promised? Eunice placed her hand to her fluttering chest. Tabitha was right. Her heart was more stressed than ever. Her fear was making her sicker. And the only way to get rid of it, she rationalized, was to face it. Eunice took a trembling breath and drew the bedroom key from her pocket. Then she unlocked the door. Her heart thudded. The pain in her chest built. And as she pushed open the door, the edges of her vision changed colors. But the door slammed itself closed. Eunice dropped her hand and stared at the door. Ursula was giving her a sign. It was not her time. Yet. For now, Eunice needed to leave the room alone. At dinner that evening, Eunice ate very little. Tabitha took notice. What is the matter, Eunice? Do you have no appetite? Eunice looked from her plate of food to her older sister and paused. It was the first Tabitha had spoken to her for some time. Finally, she felt her chance for a connection. I saw Ursula. Well, I saw her door move and I felt that it was her. Tabitha paled. So it's true. She's come back. Suddenly, Eunice's voice began to tremble. I... I think so. The door slammed before I could step inside, but I know I felt something. Tabitha took a long drink of her wine. Looks like your time has come, dear sister. Eunice's heart seized in her chest. She struggled to breathe through her own panic. She was young, only 30. Ursula hadn't meant to steal her so soon, had she? Tabitha was already coming around the table. It's all right, dear. I'm sure it's nothing. You didn't really open the room, so you're fine. God, you look faint. Why don't we get you to bed? Eunice was too frightened at the prospect of overstressing herself to argue. Perhaps she'd already gone too far in her worries. She retired early for the night praying it wouldn't be her last. When she awoke sometime later, the room was dark and dread flooded her senses. For a brief moment, Eunice thought perhaps she'd already crossed to the other side. She whispered for Ursula in the darkness, when a cold hand touched her own. Eunice took comfort in this touch, it was so similar to how their positions had been when Ursula died. Then, its grip tightened on Eunice's hand. Eunice gasped and tried to pull away, but it only grew tighter. She screamed at whatever monster had caught her. Let me go! A figure rose over the bed. It was Ursula, dressed just as Eunice last saw her with the chin tie used to keep her jaw closed for the funeral. But she looked nothing like the woman who had left peacefully in her sleep. She was gaunt and pale, 
Not far from dust, Ursula was wasting away. Eunice's heart raced. She wasn't ready for death. She wanted to see more, try more. It wasn't fair for Ursula to pull her into the abyss so soon. Eunice desperately tried again to pull her hand from her sister's grip. Ursula shrieked in response and clawed at Eunice's face. Eunice closed her eyes, wincing in pain. Her heart thundered so hard against her ribs that she feared they would break. She begged and pleaded, but her head felt three sizes smaller than her skull. Something was getting ready to burst. She could feel it. Ursula gave one more terrifying scream and Eunice opened her eyes, staring at the decaying woman in the face. But her eyes looked different somehow. Angry. Alive. A question sprang up in Eunice's mind, but it wasn't enough to save her. In the next moment, she was dead. Coming up, there's more to this ghost than meets the eye. Imagine living with a secret so big that if anyone ever found out, it would change everything. Imagine carrying that secret with you every day, desperate to one day get it off your chest. Do you think you could take a secret like that to the grave? I'm Estefania Hageman, host of the new podcast series, Deathbed Confessions, the show where we dive deep into the most explosive things people have admitted to while drawing their last breath, from murder, fake identities, heists, illicit affairs, and even top government secrets. This season on Deathbed Confessions, we investigate cases like Frank Thorogood, the construction worker who claimed that the drowning of Rolling Stones founder Brian Jones was no accident. Margaret Gibson, a silent film actress who, while dying of a heart attack, confessed to one of the most famous unsolved crimes in Hollywood history. And ex-CIA officer Howard Hunt, who on his deathbed confessed to playing a role in the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Deathbed Confessions is a Spotify original from Parcast, airing episodes weekly starting July 21st. Follow and listen to Deathbed Confessions for free on Spotify. Now, back to the story. Tabitha stared at Eunice's lifeless body. She removed the napkin from beneath her jaw, then smudged off the coal she'd used to give her face a ghastly complexion. It was dark still, but Eunice had gone to bed. Tabitha had removed every candle from the room. It had been much easier to scare her sister to death when the atmosphere was perfect, and Tabitha saw no need in bringing light back now that her sister was dead. She could see Eunice well enough through the glow of the moon. Her cherubic face had dimmed. Her eyes were wide and bulging. Tabitha did regret scratching up her cheek, however. She'd allowed her anger to consume her a bit too much. Maybe. The house was hers now. The money was hers now. It was all up to her. She would want for nothing. She had done what she had to, Tabitha told herself. Eunice was a fool and couldn't be reasoned with. She had done her a kindness. Eunice's heart condition would have killed her sooner rather than later. Tabitha had simply hastened the process. And if this afterlife nonsense was true, well, 
Ursula and Eunice could finally be in each other's company again. Tabitha took a breath to compose herself, then forced herself to cry. She ran to Martha in a false panic, begging for her to fetch a doctor. Then she trudged to her room to change. Tabitha was very grateful to Eunice for unlocking Ursula's room. She never would have been able to borrow one of Ursula's dresses for her little spook show otherwise. Still, she had to change before Martha returned and recognized Ursula's frock. Tabitha took a moment and studied herself in the mirror. She and Ursula had always looked alike. It was something Tabitha resented most of her life, and she spent much of it trying to differentiate herself from her older sister. While Ursula fancied florals and color, Tabitha intentionally dressed in a far more sober palette. But now, standing there in Ursula's clothing, she hardly recognized herself. Tabitha shuddered and quickly changed. As she pulled on her own dressing gown, she thought she saw a tall figure in the corner of her eye. But when she turned, it was gone. Tabitha shook her head. She was just exhausted. It was nothing that a good night's rest and a long stay at a resort in the Alps wouldn't fix. Meanwhile, the doctor was late, but that was fine with her. Eunice wasn't exactly waiting up. A new air of quiet had fallen over the house. There was no hacking and coughing from Ursula's deathbed like there was weeks ago, nor any of Eunice's ceaseless worrying. Tabitha took a large, calming breath. Solitude. She was interrupted by footsteps coming from the hall. Martha must have forgotten something. Tabitha couldn't imagine what would be so important as to delay her search for the doctor. It was quite disrespectful considering she didn't know Eunice was dead. Tabitha called out to her. Be quick about it. My sister is in danger. But the footsteps only crept closer. Tabitha went out into the hallway to give her a piece of her mind, but as she reached the landing, the sight before her made her freeze in terror. There, ascending the stairs in the distance, was herself. Tabitha could only see the figure's back, but the resemblance was uncanny. Her mind reeled. No, no, but that was impossible. Then, she noticed the woman's feet were not touching the floor. She moved, gliding up the steps toward Eunice's room. Tabitha's blood went cold. It couldn't be. It couldn't be. But Ursula was here. She was coming to guide Eunice to the next life, which meant Tabitha was in trouble. She turned on her heel to run for the door, only to find her older sister standing, blocking her path. Ursula looked younger than she had when she died, about Tabitha's own age. Tabitha froze for a moment in her surprise, taking in her sister's face, when Ursula snarled. She lashed out, but Tabitha dodged her blows, running in the other direction. But Ursula appeared again. No matter where she turned, Ursula was there, reaching out to scratch her. Tabitha cried out, frantically swatting her sister's hands away. But they slipped through her fingers, and she fell backwards, face up on the floor. Tabitha heard footsteps on the stairs, but she could no longer move. A moment later, she saw the bloodless, wide-eyed face 
of her younger sister, Eunice. The two ghostly women glowered over her. Tabitha begged them for their pity. She'd only done what would best help their legacy. Eunice had been going to waste it. It was a kindness. Suddenly, the lights dimmed one by one. It was dark, and Tabitha couldn't make out Ursula or Eunice's features anymore. She could only feel a cold weight pressing against her chest. Every breath was a fight. Have mercy! Tabitha begged, struggling against the pressure. But the invisible force only bared down harder. A dark laugh came from above. Or was it behind? She couldn't tell anymore. There was so little light and so much weight against her. Tabitha screamed for help. She hated her family. She hated them. She wanted to be free. She'd only wanted to be free. The weight on her chest doubled and her bones bent under the pressure. With tears pricking at her eyes, Tabitha apologized. She'd been a bad sister, but the world wasn't built for goodness. It wasn't her fault. Just then, she heard footsteps rushing through the house. Martha had returned with the doctor. Tabitha heard them stumbling through the darkness on their way to reach her and felt the briefest spark of hope. She only had to hold on for a few moments longer. There was a spark of light, and Tabitha felt two sets of arms grab her. Martha cried out. Mum, please, there's nothing there. But Tabitha could feel her sister's presence. They were real. And they were inescapable. Tabitha's fading mind fled into a panic as one last horrible, torturous realization came to her. She clutched Martha's hands, forcing the words out as best she could. Please, the rooms. Stars exploded in front of Tabitha's eyes as her bones cracked under the crushing weight. Martha's image swam in and out of focus. Yes, ma'am, she said. I'll keep the rooms locked up tight. Then you and your sisters will always be together. Tabitha cried out in anguish, then slipped into eternity. W. W. Jacobs was primarily a humor writer, and we can see his love of irony in almost all of his tales of the macabre. In The Three Sisters, Ursula does not seem to intend her family harm. She only tells them she will help guide them to the other side when it's their time. Yet this dark promise dooms her siblings rather than helps them. When Eunice panics at the notion of Ursula dragging her to her grave, Eunice becomes easy prey for Tabitha. But it's Tabitha who's foolish to assume she can control the unknown and is destroyed in turn. This is a common element of Jacob's work. Many of his most memorable horror stories involve characters who believe they can interact with the supernatural without consequence. He also frequently plays with ambiguity. 
At the end of The Three Sisters, readers are left to wonder if Tabitha was truly killed by Ursula's ghost, or if her own fear and guilt simply ran away with her. Which leads us to an intriguing question. What is worse, a ghost or the inventive imagination? Tabitha likely has some opinions on the matter, but we are in no position to ask her. Or at least, we hope so. Thanks again for tuning in to Haunted Places Ghost Stories. We will be back on Thursday with another chilling tale. You can find more episodes of Ghost Stories and all other Spotify originals from Parcast free on Spotify. See you on the other side. Haunted Places Ghost Stories is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Kerry Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Haunted Places Ghost Stories was written by Lil DeRitta and Jennifer Roche, with writing assistance by Stacey Lee Nemec and Alex Garland, fact-checking by Adriana Romero, and research by Mickey Taylor. I'm Alastair Murden. <laughs>